You're listening to Courting in Color with your hosts, Shatrice and Louise. Hello and welcome back, Courting Cuties, to another episode of Courting in Color. I'm Shatrice. Hey, bitches. It's Louise. You thought you could get rid of me, but you can't. I'm still here, even with this new microphone. You're here and better than ever. So what have you been up to since last week? This is like my least favorite question to always get asked (laughs) because I can't remember. Um, What did you do this morning? (laughs) During part one, during take one of this uh, episode, I talked about daylight savings. And so daylight savings is very much a real thing that has happened. Still Mm -hmm. trying to get used to this new hour change, still trying to get used to, um, you know, waking up and not seeing the sun. (laughs) Oh, because that's right. It's supposed to be darker earlier and brighter later, which is my fucking fave. But I agree with you. Monday was just a fucking wreck. I don't know when the time changed or what the sun was doing, but I was exhausted all day and I was very much over it. But I think I'm, you know, caught up to the sunlight and I love the sun. It's been out. So I'm like just praying that it stays out. But yeah, no, it's been a pretty good week overall. I did have to um, do a, I don't know if this is a microaggression confession because I wasn't the one microaggressing someone. I got microaggressed and I had to let that hoe know. Tell us. Um, so basically I've been taking this class or whatever on top of, you know, the home journey and all the work bullshit. I've been taking this class and it's, it's pretty cool. It's about like videos and stuff like that. And so of course the class is online because COVID. And so, but the class is small. It's like maybe five, six people. So all of our boxes are on screen like any other meeting, but for maybe the last couple of class no I would say maybe the last three classes I don't know a handful of classes I've been off screen <clears throat> and so the professor emailed me and was like oh Shatrice like I really wish you were on screen more um you know I just struggle to you know connect with you to connect with you, to to be engaged you know I can't do my job unless you're on camera basically girl um, and she was like you know no pr- I love that she ended it with like no pressure to be on camera but here's the 64 but, sentences right like, what? prior um and then she's like no pressure i'm just sharing my perspective and i said oh we share perspectives okay well i was gonna say my perspective to the end of the semester you know professor eval but i will share my perspective right now so i said hey person uh professor um, you know, it you're I agree with you. It's been a really rough time. It's COVID. Da, 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 da. And I am more than happy to share my perspective with you. I said, here are three reasons why I remain off screen. I said, one, my house is literally down to the steps. And I don't feel comfortable. In, and I don't feel comfortable inviting strangers into my fucking renovation process yeah. and like all you folks are strangers i don't know y'all literally have never seen y'all out in public in real life two half the time i'm in my car driving home to get there but i was besides the because that definitely happened last week because i had to get my pedicure but anyway <laughs> three because i had to save the big one for last i said also 
I have felt personally microaggressed by you several times throughout this oh, semester. Yeah. I said, this class, to your point, is very small. And out of the, what, five, six people that are in the class, there are two Black women, two Black female students. I am one of them. Homegirl is the other one. And you stay getting our names mixed up. And I said, you know, it really makes me feel like my contributions don't matter because clearly I'm interchangeable with right. a stranger. So I just shut off and shut down when you start calling me other homegirls' name, even though, like, I could almost, almost, because she's a little older, almost excuse it if we were in person, actually, because then we wouldn't have our names just always in front of us in a box. But literally, my name is always on the screen. And there's seven of y'all. <laughs> there's seven. It's only seven names you got to remember. Actually, seven includes her. So there's only six other names. If you know your name, there's only six other names that you have to remember. Right. And there's and probably a and Michael and a David in class already. Like, so it's really four names when you think about it. I don't necessarily expect you to say my name correctly because you don't. And that's what I told her. I said, and even in the times where you do get my name correct, you still pronounce it wrong. So like, right. I just don't need any of this. And she did email me back. Long story short, not really. She did email me back. She said, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. And like, I decided to pop my face on screen during our <laughs> class yesterday. But let me tell you, honey, every time someone else was speaking, my face was off and I was outside digging in the yard. <laughs> like, I was like, I can do both because here's the thing. I'm always engaged. Like, I literally don't turn off the screen and disengage. Like, I'm always the first person to speak whether my screen is on or not. So I'm like, right. it's, it's kind of a farce for you to say like, oh, I just don't know if you're there. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? You you can hear me. Oh, but wait, you think I'm the other black girl. So that's from, you probably thought I have not been to class this whole semester. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so I that is like, trash. I, that happened to me a couple weeks ago. And I did not directly call out the microaggression because it was via email. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was a microaggression the other day, but I was just like, hi, like I'm not so-and-so. And so if your email was meant to be addressed to so-and-so, I, mm-hmm. they need to get this information that's in this email. Cuties, y'all will have missed our technical difficulties. But before we got started a little late, which was my fault, was because I was outside per use hauling stuff and taking advantage of the sun. So I'm definitely very much still active, just not on the mm-hmm. bike yet. But I'm excited Ooh, to be You're going to get like option. a, you're going to get like a pre-summer tan. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was like, I want a pre-summer tan. Mm, I'll take it. I will take all the melanin God has for me. I'm yeah, I was noticing so how white my ankles were recently and I was like, oh, I need to do... <laughs> I need to find like the first weekend that like it's maybe like in the 80s and sunny. I need to call someone with the pool and be like, look, <laughs> COVID weight and all. I'm going to just sprawl on yes. your pool chair and try to tan because I, I need I need like one just solid like burn, if that makes sense. And just that'll carry me <laughs> oh, through the summer. Will it? A burn? Oh, my God. Not a burn. I shouldn't say a burn because I, I hardly actually rarely burn. But just, you know what I mean? Like a good, yeah. like a good even crisp, like a good strong, yes, a crisp. like a good yeah. foundation. And then everything yeah. else is just kind of like tangential or not tangential. Yes. That's not the right word. But like everything else is just kind of it helps keep it going. Right. It's like a fresh paint with a little touch up. <laughs> so I need like my first tan yeah. and then every other times outside will be a touch up. But I, was, I um, love that. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. That's I also would like a tan. Yes, black folks do think about tans sometimes. But really just in that when we go inside and hibernate for the winter or, you know, a year of quarantine, 
your makeups and foundations like stop matching because like yeah. your skin tones change or you get like like even like oh, I just feel like my cheeks are so light and so I'm excited to get back out in the sun. So, what is one adult thing you've done this week? Oh, I guess I already spoiled it, but it was hang up, <laughs> hang up frames. Oh, yeah. uh, that was adulting. I what I, I tried to think about the best way to use my stimmy. Actually, oh, this is probably we. Stimmy, stimmy. This is an unplanned uh, segment called uh, Curvy Bell Financial Corner. <laughs> But I figured you'd be a good person to like quick, you know, whatever, whatever. It's our podcast. Let's take however long we want. But uh, (laughs) what should people do with their stimulus check? Oh, my gosh, Louise. That's such a great question. And maybe not should, but more so like recognizing that like people have like dire immediate needs. That might be like rent and bill pays and whatever. But like if you can address multiple, uh, what's it called? Financial situations. Situations. Okay. Got it. So. Um, you know, obviously cuties, I am not a, uh, licensed or certified financial planner. So yes, you better legally me. cover yourself. Look, okay. <laughs> don't come for me if your stimmy gets, but, but, um, so here's a couple of recommendations that I would make. You just hit the nail on the head, actually dire needs. It's all about like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like, so that's the order in which you really need to think about your money. And so, the first row or the first level is safety. And so, mm-hmm. you know, do you have a house? Like, do you have, or well, more so, do you need to pay for the house? Do you need to pay for the things that keep right. you safe? Do you need to, you know, uh, you need to eat? Like that's health and safety um, and things like that. So take care of all those things. If you're like, oh girl, I'm good on rent and whatever, great. So then I would say, consider what debt you're in. Like, the whole, cause I, the whole point of a STEMI check is to stimulate the economy. But I generally say, fuck that. This is about to stimulate my savings account. Right. <laughs> so, sorry, money bags, Joe. <laughs> like, I'm going to just keep, well, it's going to go towards this renovation. But like, you know, that's, I just dump it straight into my. Right. Like you're not, you're not out here being like, okay, how can I spend this on multiple things? Right. Right. Because basically I have one big thing that I've been saving up for. But if I didn't, I would definitely like pay, try to pay off a credit card again, like if health and safety needs were met. And then after that, let's look and see if your savings account is good. And so you might, this might actually be, if you don't have six months worth of savings, like right now, then the stimulus check should really go in your savings account for any emergencies. Like it's a fucking Mm -hmm. pandemic. This is the time to really consider uh, an emergency plan like what would you right. do if you know if the worst would happen and can you support how could you support yourself um and then after that is like investing like if you're like girl i got a year six months a year to save or excuse me six months or up to a year of savings i'm debt free i have food and and warmth and shelter and yeah you can think about investing it because it's like money you are unlikely to lose if you keep it in the market and it's money you didn't like have to do anything for besides filing your taxes so it's like oh yeah you could invest like a thousand dollars and see if you can grow that thousand dollars to two thousand dollars over the next year it's very possible this has been your unofficial official finance update with curvy 
Kirby, what did you say? Kirby Bell. Kirby Bell Financial Corner, CBFC Incorporated. <laughs> what have, what's the one adult thing you've done this week? So I think I've officially decided to become a gardener. Like, I think oh I'm gonna my do gosh. It. Okay. I'm going to garden. I like, it's so funny because I said as soon as I got here, like, I don't care how much land I have. I'm not about to be planting flowers. I remember and that. And I was like, look, there's your garden. You're like, well, okay, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, there's no, there's no plans. I don't have a green thumb. And I really don't. Um, but as I'm like, as the weather is getting better and I just want to be outside, I just want my, you know, land, my yard to look nice. And so it's more so I'm about to become a landscaper. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With a little gardening in between. Um, because like, you know, I was looking the other day, I was like, okay, how do people get their yard started? And, do you know how much it costs to buy a bush? <laughs> like a little, like a, hedge, like a no, like oh. 70. Oh, okay. <laughs> and still, I was like, shit, that's a lot. Cause I need probably like five and that's just on little shrubs in the front. And so I was trying to see if there were any HGTV shows that I could sign up for <laughs> so I could come and do it for free. But in the meantime, um, I am going to erect this uh, garden arbor. And my one mission is to find climbing plants that will grow on the arbor or on the trellis. And then I had this thought that maybe I would grow grapes because Haley always jokes that this is a vineyard. <laughs> so, oh, like, yes. That would be fucking hilarious. Awesome. Okay, enough about me. Let's do a couple of shout outs for the culture. So I had the absolute pleasure at a work event the other day of meeting this um, black female therapist and she's out of Atlanta, which I was like, duh, go figure. Um, but she's really just awesome and full of life. She has a podcast and she's like a, a motivational speaker. Oh, and she's work. just like super cool. She look at the end of it. I was like, so are you accepting new clients, girl? And she's like, well, you know, I'm only licensed here, there, whatever. But she can do coaching, which I've heard of therapists doing like coaching. And so she's at Amazing Kim Wilson. Oh, yeah. Her name is Kim Wilson. Um, <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so you can find her on Instagram. But yeah, she's just like really cool. And she was, you know, talking about like self-care and what that means for like women of color and things like that. So I thought that was really awesome. And speaking of people of color. Um, so I saw this note on Tinder. Um, and so, you know, I was like, okay, shout out to them. Because when you log on to Tinder, well, I don't know if it's still there. When you log on to Tinder on Monday, um, they had this anti-discrimination against the uh, Asian community. So basically they were doing the stop Asian hate kind of hashtag. And so they had a little link to learn more there. I appreciate Tinder for making the space to recognize that one because we already know statistically that Asian men and black women get the least amount of likes, get the least amount of swipes and get the least amount of messages on social media or excuse me, on dating apps specifically. And so mm -hmm. I could only imagine if people are feeling um, racist against Asian people right now, like what that could look like or what that could mean for Asian people on dating apps. And like, obviously Asian women are constantly fetishized and so, yeah, I was I was just glad to see that there. For today's topic, uh, we are gonna do 
a little movie review. Um, so warning, there will be spoilers all throughout this episode about the movie Malcolm and Marie. Also, in case you were wondering, this movie is neither about Malcolm X or set in the 1940s, <laughs> both of which are things I may or may not have thought at some point. I'm like, I don't know if I lose my black card or like just get extra points on my black card because whenever anyone says Malcolm, if it's not Malcolm Jamal Warner from uh, Family Matters, I just assume it's Malcolm X that we're talking about and we were not talking about them. And the movie was shot in black and white, so I just thought it was like a period piece, but yeah. it wasn't because they referenced Twitter. Um, but anyway, so yes, did you get a chance to watch the movie, Louise? I did. I meant to text you. I watched it on Monday, so we okay. record on Wednesdays, but yes, I watched it on Monday. Okay, so let me let me give the cuties. A <laughs> what if I had little... said no? What if I was just like actually? I like, watched bitch, it. Let me give the cuties and you a quick synopsis <laughs> of what this movie is about. <laughs> but yes, let me give the cuties um, a quick little overview of the plot. Um, and this is an overview of the plot in one sentence by me. Excuse me. A couple in Hollywood argues all night after BF didn't think GF during his acceptance speech. Then she makes mac and cheese and then shit gets real. That is my <laughs> recap <laughs> of the movie. But I thought perhaps I should uh, look for a better one. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I like that one. I have many questions. Like why mac and cheese? Yeah. Anyway, I know we're I know we'll we'll talk more, but we'll we'll talk more about it. So let me tell y'all, you know, what they how they describe the movie in, in Vogue or on Vogue.com. So um, according to Dr. Peggy Drexler on Vogue.com, um, actually maybe it was .uk.in, I don't remember which country, it was Vogue. Um, she said the film itself was shot during the pandemic, but as a whole, it offers up a metaphor for relationships in lockdown. The story takes place entirely within Malcolm and, yes, Malcolm and Marie's um, house and largely over the course of one evening. The, uh, where emotions run the gamut, fraught one moment, tender and loving the next. They are trapped in this house, in this night, in their own heads, and in their perceptions of each other. They argue, they are cruel, they are apologetic, and they do it all over again, and over again, and over again. That was an ad lib towards the end from me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it becomes clear that much of these characters um, love as much as these characters love one another, so too do they hate one another. It is an insular roller coaster with nowhere to go. It is a relationship lockdown. So that was Dr. Peggy's um, overview of the movie. And so, I, you know what? I'll actually just start there. What are your initial thoughts about the movie itself? Yeah. So I I had heard about the movie. Um, I had heard a podcast interview where Zendaya was on, but mm. I had real kind of no interest in watching it. I feel <laughs> like, I don't know if this was the reason or if I just didn't have a lot of interest, but I remember seeing a lot of articles floating around that was like, Zendaya is too young. Like she's with like an older man. Like what is this kind of like, what is mm -hmm. this tone setting? But then on this podcast I was listening to, she's like, well, I'm 25. Like, <laughs> Right. I'm grown. I can't help so, you bitches knew me from Disney. <laughs> right, right. Um, which I was like, work. That totally makes sense. So for me, I actually liked it. I really did not know what to expect. I. It's so funny because I 
Hardly ever do I think the Netflix description is a succinct description of the movie, but in this case, it is. Um, <laughs> it, that is the movie. Like, there's really nothing more to it, or there is, but anyway. So yes. I, on the whole, really liked it. Um, you know, former theater person, so like the black yes. and white, the the lighting, like the different beats. The there was just really, really good pacing, and I thought. Zendaya had mentioned it in this podcast I was listening to. I re-listened to I re-listened to it this morning, but I could have sworn they had talked about how the dialogue was kind of like written as like a script because it really did feel like I was watching a play more so than a movie. But mm-hmm. I mean, most of the movies that I like are typically action, so I'm like, oh, there's. I think there was just such long monologues. I was like, That's long in a typical <laughs> movie, you wouldn't you wouldn't have this. And again, in this podcast I was listening to, she mentioned how the writer intentionally wrote that so they could get all their thoughts out at once without interruption. And I'm just like, it but is doesn't that real? Uh, no, like, right. It doesn't, it's, it's not real for me. So I'm like, okay, girl, sure. That's fine. <laughs> I thought the monologues were long perhaps because there were literally only two characters in this movie. Right. And they were like, well, we got to get at least to an hour and a half. And we're just going to add more words here. But on the note of pacing, all this new girl Malcolm did was pace throughout this house. And it was very annoying to me. I was like, I just want you to sit still and fucking talk to her and have a conversation. But I was like, I get, you know, I am in this video class. So I get it. You got to shoot on action and whatever. Tell the narrative and other words I've learned. Um, And so (laughs) I guess that was supposed to make it visually interesting. But I was like, "Eh, it's kind of you know a lot like but then I was like if y'all literally just sat and didn't move this whole hour and a half that would have been super boring that would have been for me the pacing actually kind of made sense because I think it was supposed to represent both sides right like him walking around was very different where she was pretty stagnant she'd move like from point a to point b and and yeah or she'd stay in point a then move to point b and then she'd stay in point b and move to point c whereas he was all over the place and I think that was to me that made sense to balance out the feelings of the movie. Um, Ooh, that's a good perspective. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, and that's kind of informed in a way because Zendaya in this interview was talking about how, in her view, the characters were written flipped, right? Where we think of like as the woman more manic and more all over the place, and the man mm. more calm and grounded and and doesn't Do move a lot. This? Listen, I'm just saying what she said, Miss Zendaya said. So, but I was like, oh, I can see that. But I was like, I also think it reminds me of, I mean, I haven't seen this movie in like 15 years, but like Wolf on Wall Street, like just men who pace always freak me out. Cause I'm like, it just feels like, you know, you can take up space and you're just like (laughs) taking up space. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't see it as like, well, for me, it's, it's not solely like a uh, thing of like mania. It's just like someone who's pacing and things they own all the space and they can just pace. Mm. And I'm like, no. I will say to the point of pacing while talking, if I'm out in public, because y'all know me or anyone who knows me knows, I rarely answer my phone. <laughs> I rarely talk on the phone. But when I do, if if I'm caught like out in the store, I usually try to like pace and walk around. So that way I'm not like talking on the phone, like at a, in front of a cashier, you know, or yeah. like whatever, even though, did I have to go to the rural king to grab a couple of things during a meeting? Yes. Did I forget my headphones? Yes. Did everyone get to hear my meeting? Yes. But generally speaking, <laughs> I try to, generally speaking, I try to, um, uh, yeah. Honestly, Zoom on phones is life changing. I've only had it, believe it or not, for the last three weeks. And I'm like, oh, really? 
<laughs> yes, I because I just I don't know why because I think I, I saw. Not she's still here. Well, it's anyway. I shouldn't oh, say like funny. it's funny seeing people in cars during meetings, yes. but I, I can never tell if like literally they cannot have the meeting in their house or they're just having it in their car or if they're driving. But people accept it. Yeah, I definitely have had more now it. that Zoom has been on my phone. I definitely have had more meetings, um, or like I'm like <laughs> on okay, <location>. well, <laughs> I, I'm just like well, I can just be late to this meeting because I'm gonna just literally call in and it'll be fine. So, yes. And I literally like, as I was like, I just had to make a quick like run or whatever. And so I was obviously trying to like, you know, get back home for the meeting, yeah. but I was like, oh my gosh, this in, in regular world, this could have never worked. Now back to Marie who probably needed to go to the grocery store. Cause she made mac and cheese. <laughs> I know. I was like, and no shade at all. Cause obviously it was the end of, you know, a long night, a long evening. Um, she made like the craft macaroni and cheese like out of the little blue box. Right. It was blue. And I was like, do you really want that at the end of the night? And since this movie wasn't um set in the 60s or whatever, you could have got those easy Mac individual ones. <laughs> and I just felt like that would have made more sense. Because I thought they were going to eat the macaroni and cheese, but she made it for him. Like well, and she pie. said, she was like, I haven't had anything to eat. So I was like, oh, okay, you're making it for yourself. And then she gave it to him. And also she made watery mac and cheese, which I hate. It like, was watery. Oh I my was God, like, maybe that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it like, just was like, it was a weird consistency that I just like, did not <laughs> like see it. I also had a slight, my slightly judgy moment was I'm like, y'all live in this fancy ass house and are. You have a craft box of singles. Like, I get it. This was filmed during the pandemic. So maybe like, that's what, but I was like. They were like, look, we may live rich, but we are slightly house poor. Like you could have just taken all the contents and put them into jars. Like you didn't, we, it didn't have to be the craft and cheese box. Right. Or stop at like Whataburger or McDonald's. Like, well, I don't that's know. Exactly what, that's what we would have We would have, if this would have been my Malcolm memory, we would have came through that door with cookout bags. <laughs> <laughs> Patrice Willie and Cookout. <laughs> yes, we are here with our late night snacks. Um, but yeah, anywho, let me see. <laughs> Where was I? So um David Dennis Jr. from level.medium.com said while Levinson, which I think was the director or somebody, um, uh, while Levinson's script was sharp, um, if a bit uneven at times, it failed to produce two compelling characters to equally justifiable perspectives, um, the movie instead veered into a seemingly endless reel of a man terrorizing a woman who was emotionally trapped in a house, unable to escape. And so I'm curious on your thoughts about the characters themselves. Like, did you think they were evenly kind of weighted or did you think it was more um abuse from one or the other or what what are your thoughts on that because I read a couple of articles and I was like oh I hadn't considered that that's what people were thinking about this I think in the beginning it did fit I actually really felt the emotionally trapped in the house piece in the beginning Mm. particularly when he would just had a lot of like just a lot of lot of text and a lot a lot of monologuing and you're like why isn't she talking but in Mm -hmm. particularly I kind of felt like the first time he was kind of all up on her and was like kissing her and like rubbing her and like he went down south and I was like oh this felt very intimate because I feel like in movies we typically don't see that and I was like Zendaya oh my gosh but um (laughs) I I felt that kind of like um 
so it's a theater reference but it's it reminded me of uh this play written in the late 19th century that was called um a doll's house by Henrik Ibsen but basically it talks about like women being trapped in society and kind of just mm. you're the the docile one the quiet one the one who doesn't mm-hmm. talk a lot the one who's there to just hear the man and be there for the man and support the man and so I kind of felt that I do think that I don't know if it was seemingly endless because I think by the end of it, spoiler, but like by the end of it, I feel like Marie had like the upper hand, right? I don't know if mm-hmm. he did, mm-hmm. but I think he started off really strong. Um, but yeah, for a, I while, agree with that. for a while I was like, ooh, is Marie the, not to use dominant and submissive, but like who mm-hmm. who was more, who's more vocal, who's more present, who exerts themselves more mm-hmm. in the relationship? Mm-hmm. because um no I completely agree with that because and that's why I was a little surprised by a couple of articles that I read that were like he's a villain and she needs to be you know um saved and I was like oh no it, codependency it both seem villainous Ooh, yeah. spoiler, we're gonna talk about codependency yeah, um they, they both they both were villains to each other and villainized yeah. each other like they were awful like they were just awful together but you know what it made me think about I don't think I've ever been in a toxic relationship to that would be comparable to this right but I have had toxic moments in relationships and in those moments I was like oh this brings out a side of me that I'm not interested in being let out of the cage let out of the Mm -hmm. stones or whatever and so I could and that's why I feel like they're both they were both at fault, which I, I don't think that anyone would argue. They were both at fault for a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of horrible yeah. things said and attacking each other. Because I think like when you're in those moments, you just, you bring, y'all are bringing out the worst in each other. And so that's what we witnessed, which is why that movie was a little exhausting. For me. Yeah, because it, like- it was like back and forth, like emotional exhaustion. Cause sometimes you were like, you were like, dang, Malcolm, like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> Marie would say something and be like, dang, Marie, like, you didn't have to. I thought, you know, anyway, I know <laughs> yeah. we'll ha- we'll talk about, like, favorite lines and stuff like that, but I really, I thought where, like, he took it too far was, like, when he was, like, you're not the, you know, uh, Am- Amari, I think, or Amani was the name of the character. Amani, in the, uh-huh. uh, in the fictional movie, in the, the movie, and, you know, Amani isn't just based on you. It's based off this girlfriend and this um... girlfriend and this stripper. We made love in this bed and this bed and this <laughs> bed and like I was like you didn't you didn't have to do all that you didn't have to do any of that I will say that bath like she was in the bath for so long I'm like girl you're queen honestly you're getting dirty again by your own body right but beyond that I was like the that was the hardest because it was a couple of scenes maybe but that was like the hardest part of the film to watch was like the bathtub scenes because it was that part that you just described and then when he came back and was like seemingly apologetic but then immediately like I don't remember what the flip was but like I mean it was just a very manic situation like for both of them truly because there was one moment where um he they were about to start making love and that was I was like this should be the drinking game like let's drink every time they almost have sex (laughs) like they never actually do because literally he was like I gotta go pee or whatever and then she was like completely distraught by the time he returned and I was like what a night like what a long night like it seems like we are watching the end of a relationship like this Mm. which I was like honestly that kind of is a cool take 
like a cool cinematic take on like a situation in life right like let's watch a couple break up but yeah. as like a lot of articles reference like this is clearly an abusive and like you said codependent relationship so mm, no they're not gonna leave like they're gonna they're gonna continue to stay with each other because he saved her from the drugs and all the things and he stayed with her through all the cheatations and she basically inspired him professionally to like get these accolades and so they both were getting things from each other and so to that point like do you were you satisfied with the end of the movie because she gets they we had the whole night this long ass night they finally go to sleep and then we wake up the next morning and she's not in bed but then we see i know i thought she left i was like oh that would have been so good if she had left yes because then she like she would have ended on top with her little monologue and then peace out bitch for then yeah because wait sorry what happens in the morning like she i know like he goes to look for her she's outside and that's it is that what happens and then the movie ends (laughs) that is Uh, literally yeah 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 we see them kind of through the bedroom yeah um, and they're just standing next to each other like there's no comforting and yeah so it's like it didn't it didn't have an ending so it had like a yeah. really weird ending and i think that was intentional probably yeah. like you don't know what happens to them but yeah so i think it ended well like it just it again reminded me of a play and a play very rarely has it, plays don't always need to have like a really nice ending sure. so i randomly but i loved all the times i laughed <laughs> during this movie because it <laughs> felt like a drama comedy cuties. When did you? What did you it find was, funny? Like I had laugh? a laugh during the <laughs> knife scene, that? the knife uh, scene, and then we realized like she was faking. I was like, ha! Like I just, I just like couldn't help but to laugh. And there was just other was like, stuff. When he said like after that scene, why didn't you do that in the audition? That's exactly what I was screaming. Right. Was like, or like I laughed. I laughed when he was like looking for his wallet and the pay for the paywall. He's like, um, where's my cell phone? Marie's like, it's right there. And I'm like, it's just, it was it. But I think they needed to break it up with like a little bit of comedy yeah. here and there. Okay. So it did feel far farcical at times, right? It did feel sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit farcy. Like this mm-hmm. is so extreme. And what yeah. did, what did she say? She said, You're hyperbolic or something like that. And I was like, This is yeah. this is this whole movie to a T is like <laughs> very hyperbolic. But hyperbolic. I also think that which means very, exaggerated it, right oh yes word of the pod hyperbolic exaggerated um <laughs> i also kind of like that they did not maybe not not i shouldn't say like they did not need to like throw walls or throw not throw walls throw chairs or throw mm-hmm. things or like break anything obviously like the mental and emotional and verbal is all there but like yeah that was i think that was a really smart choice because it upholds this like to me, you can look at it and be like, it upholds this perfect, perfect house, which mm. if you call it, it's rented, right? So they were put yes, up there. Yes, which I was like, oh, that makes, that does actually make the mac and cheese from the craft box make more sense. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, this isn't their house, the production studio. <laughs> right. I would still go to Whataburger and get a double I mean, burger. Right. That does not change that fact. Right. That, that does not change correct. that. But anyway, so I'm like, it, but it's still, it, it may, or maybe that's actually why they didn't throw stuff because it's not their house, but. <laughs> They're like, we need to get this deposit back <laughs> house. Um, but yeah, no, to your to that point. Um, because would you, I mean, well, would you call this an abusive relationship? Mm. Ooh, yeah, I think they're being both abusive towards each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't and not to even create this like false dichotomy of like 
abusive means lack of or automatically means a lack of something but it's like Mm -hmm. I mean it definitely is abusive and like they they only want to see each other win if it kind of benefits the other if it benefits Mm -hmm. them like Mm -hmm. there's no celebration now here's the thing at the end of the day did Malcolm do her dirty by forgetting her to thank her yes like I just don't care and that's literally where this all was right so Marie was right I'm like how could you forget right it's different if you forget like I don't know I feel like and we just passed the Grammys but I feel like you (laughs) always think like maybe like three to five people like God your parents your partner the like lead artistic person right the director the producer someone and then maybe like your children at home right like (laughs) I just I feel like you can't stray away from those big five everyone else Mm -hmm. if you forget you're the random makeup artist who was with you for eight hours a day (laughs) I mean they're all important that's why you need to like write your shit out too so that you know what that's really what it is and actually on that note because I did have that on here it is award season. There were the Grammys, Oscars coming up. So if you were um, writing your acceptance speech, who all would be on your thank you list? Oh, wait, can you? Oh, if I could edit it in this way, that'd be beautiful. But anyway, do like, a, and the and the Grammy goes to blah, blah, blah. And I'll give you my thank you speech. Okay. What do you want to win? A Grammy, an Oscar, or a Tony? I think like you should Ooh. win a Tony. Oh, yes. I'll do a Tony. Okay. And the Tony Award... For best movie goes to Louise. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I just want to start it off by thanking none of you. Good night. Okay. Great. That's a very short acceptance speech. Very short. I feel. I feel like I would probably do something like. You know, thank like Spirit, the creator, whoever, like thank my partner, thank my family. I probably would be like, thank you to like the person who did my eyebrows today and like helping <laughs> me stay fierce. Thank you to mm, Accutane. For, like, the award night. Yeah, thank you to Accutane. <laughs> thank you to Not like <laughs> thank you. To, actually, no, you know what? Thank you to the ancestors. Really, like truly, yeah. like this, this is because of them. I look amazing in this. I guess if I had a stylist who made me look good. Yeah, that's like more. That's like five or six people, maybe five or 10 people. Yes. Yeah, so I would, I mean, because I'm like, okay, what would I win? What would I Oh, win? let me do, let me do it for you. Okay. 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 Um, what do you want to win? An Oscar, a Grammy, a Tony, an like EGOT, to so, or an Emmy? Do you want like to win a daytime Emmy? No, I want to win an Oscar. Okay. <laughs> and the Oscar for Fierce movie set while wearing a hard hat <laughs> goes to Chatrice. Oh my gosh, y'all. Like I am so honored, so surprised. Like I just, I mean, I did write a speech, but I was just, you know, I didn't think I would win. Um, so here we go. Okay. I know I only have like a short amount of time to thank everyone. So, you know, thank you, Jesus, for, you know, creating me um, and, well, and creating my mom who had me, you know, so many hours of labor. She tells me every year. Thank you. Thank you, mom. Um, thank you to the cast and crew. <laughs> thank See, you. See, that's how you cover yourself. Just say thank <laughs> you to the cast and crew. Thank you to my amazing partner, boo. I love you. And 
you um don't mind if i don't wear heels all the time um oh my gosh they're playing the music off thank you everyone go see my film you're amazing love you black lives matter bye in the case of malcolm and marie marie 100 had a reason to feel some type of way about not being thanked I'm like the whole goddamn movie is about her. Like right, like sir, no matter no matter if it's what? made up of all these exes, like at the end of the day, it's about her and. And she's literally he, in the audience with you. <laughs> like, right, what? and seemingly he wrote part of the script with her in mind, and there was the auditioning bit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, that just doesn't doesn't make any sense. And so, speaking of like favorite lines or something like that, um, or I'll say like most memorable lines, like one that stood out to me was when she was like, you didn't thank me, thank me because your ego is so big that you like, you think you're the shit and that basically Mm. there would be no repercussions for not thanking me. You knew you weren't at risk for losing me if you didn't thank me. Now I have a question for you. When it comes to uh, disagreements, arguments, hopefully not shouting matches, do you do that clothed or kind of naked? (laughs) I have never gotten into an argument with someone while I was in a bathtub or shower. Um, I, I don't really take baths as much as I do showers. So <laughs> it would just be a yelling fest through, I guess, the shower curtain. Um, but no, I am usually fully clothed. I did have an argument once where like, it was like first thing in the morning. So like, I mean, I don't know. I had on right. a shirt, but no, I'm generally, because if I'm naked. Because <sighs> if you're naked, you're having sex. Right. I was like, if I'm naked, I probably just had sex. And then that made me think of one conversation that did get <gasps> heated post-coitus. Oh, post. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we did, unlike Malcolm and Marie, have the sex. And then we had to talk about some things, get things off our chest. And I'm guessing I was still naked. <laughs> so, yes. But as a, as a general rule of thumb, I try to put on clothes. I don't need my titties to be a distraction. I need you to see my eyes. So thinking about these two characters, Malcolm and Marie, who would you say is at fault? Or would you say anyone's at fault? Or does it even matter? For me, I would say both of them are at fault. And I don't think it matters. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I saw one of the questions on here, like, how does this reflect or relate to like relationships during quarantine? Yes. But I think for me, it's supposed to be an example of like a relationship, right? Like, I think if you, for me, let me speak for myself. For me, I saw both, I saw myself in both like Malcolm and Marie, right? Like I have Malcolm, Mm -hmm. my Malcolm traits, I have like my Marie traits. And Mm -hmm. I felt very much like watching this movie, I was a little bit more like of a Malcolm. I'm like, oh, I need to do more Mm -hmm. of like that, like, you know, am I being thankful? Am I showing, like, am I checking in with like what the other person needs? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, doing more of those things. So I don't think anyone's like more at fault or less at fault, but I think for me watching this movie, it provided a in like a point of reflection to be like, ooh, mm. let me check in with like my own like relationship and like where I don't think it's supposed to be a cautionary tale. I think it's supposed to be like a reminder. Right. Mm. So for me, that's mm-hmm. how I like I took it. Um, but I again, like when it comes down to it, like he to me, he should have thanked her. <laughs> like two words would have meant so much and at the end like he finally does I'm like I wonder what this movie had been 10 minutes long had he thanked her (laughs) like as soon as he got home because he was like definitely like 
you know, challenging her on mm-hmm. that fact of like, you know, oh, but I thank God for all, oh, but whatever. And I was like, you just need to give her a sincere like expression of gratitude. Yeah. Like, and that is not happening throughout this movie. That's um, kind of what I really felt. Like I felt watching the movie, I often thought about like, what does each character need right now? Like I think mm-hmm. Marie sometimes needed to feel appreciated right like Malcolm Mm -hmm. I don't know what Malcolm really needed I guess Malcolm just needed to feel security well okay so let me yes let me let me say something on that so as it relates to who's to blame ultimately I kind of do blame Marie (laughs) she's the reason this whole shit got started on his night like that Mm. that was why like I could see his frustration like in so many moments he's like babe like I just had a really great night and like are we really doing this right now like I just had a really great night now Marie's uh complaints and frustrations totally valid and completely understandable and justified but I was like damn I mean shit if you don't wait if you don't wait to tell him how you should have started in the movie girl you could have waited to the next day you don't wait at the whole production time to like what's another day sis clearly you have a way of holding on to things so you know I I I thought that was a little um I don't want to say insensitive but like as far as like what does Malcolm need I think he just needed to like feel good about himself and so I think maybe that security because like like when it came to the reviews and like he was freaking that was like a lot when he was freaking out about the reviews and all that stuff and so clearly he's not secure in his work as a filmmaker um, and I think he just needed to be supported and celebrated in that night. And I can kind of understand that. Now, let me say this, like between Marie and Malcolm's reads, like who was throwing <laughs> like the best reads and who was throwing the best shades? Marie, hands down, like Marie oh, down. Absolutely. Marie was absolutely. like, Marie was kind of like, so your parents are both professors <laughs> and you talk like you're from the streets and you do narratives around, you know, these things that you had really no close connection to. And in the beginning, Marie's like, so who is Amani based out of? And he was like, uh, uh, my cousin. You know, like, I'm just like, no, what? No. You so I thought, my cousin. <laughs> right. I was my like, Marie, God. Marie, like, laid it in. And I think Malcolm was just more jabby. He was just like, mm-hmm. I think he's putting Marie down. Marie was trying to read, right? And by yes, reading that's him, exactly put him the down. Difference. He was so malicious with yeah. his, like, words. Like, it was just, it was so unsettling, like how with with how much ease he could like just put her down, like mm-hmm. kick her while she was down. Whereas, yes, her jabs were like, I'm gonna read your ass for filth because you are trash and I'm gonna let you know. But it was it, I just don't think she hit below the belt yeah. nearly as much as he did. Like he was just co- going for the jugular, like every mm-hmm. time he had a long ass monologue, like she was getting roasted. Where did you I thought um what did you think about like him continuing to drink after they got back because mm. I was like I feel like that's actually not even helping it there were oh, very few things not. helping <laughs> there were very few things if any that were really helping the situation but him drinking was definitely not helping like he would not just keep going back for a drink and like go back for a drink and I'm like at one point I don't know if this happened to you but at one point I was like dang how late is this because it's like <laughs> two o'clock three o'clock and I think yeah they're they're, they're up all night um Going back really quickly to what you were saying about, like, it's his night, you know, if you feel some type of way. I mean, like, the 24-hour rule, right? Like, bring it up in 24 hours yeah. or 
drop it. Don't know if that's the most healthy. Ask Dr. Kate. But right. like, I think, I think here it's like, let him have his night. If there's something yeah. immediate, right? If there's something that's like really, really, but I felt, I don't know. Also, I'm, I have to, um, sorry, real quick. I have to apologize to um, the character of Marie played by Zendaya. Um, because she actually did say, <laughs> I'm looking at like lines that BuzzFeed mm-hmm. quoted. She said, nothing productive is going to be said tonight. Like, and he, mm-hmm. wa- he was actually pushing her at, at the beginning to say like, what was wrong? Because right. she was given, she, once he finally realized that like, she was not excited, was not sharing in his like bliss. He was like, oh fuck, like what's the matter? And then she mm-hmm. wanted to, she didn't want to go there that night. I think, cause I mean, like you said, it was 2 a.m. She was exhausted, I'm sure. But then he kept pushing and then obviously like they started. So just kidding, I blame them both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both of them, I think are to blame. Both of them are very much codependent on one another. Mm-hmm. And I think just both of them aren't, I don't want to self-realized as characters, as people, not the actors, but like the characters themselves are not self-realized enough to like extend themselves to see how their words, how their actions are showing up and like hurting someone else. Like, I think that to me is like, Mm -hmm. I don't think y'all should be together. I don't, I don't, does this mean y'all are bad for each other? I think y'all should just not be with each other right now. Right. Like, yeah. You know, because it's like, I guess put it in this situation. Like if you, if you were their couple's counselor, what would you mm-hmm. say to them? <laughs> oh, honey, break up with him. <laughs> Hashtag break up with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a quote from another pod, but I, I think it's extremely appropriate here. Or shit, break up with her. Like one of y'all needs to just leave the other <laughs> alone. Yeah. Like there, there's, there's no happiness to be had. And it mm. even felt like you know like you you kind of brought this up earlier like your reasoning for even being in this relationship which maybe leads to the codependency didn't necessarily seem like it was about like love and happiness and companionship it was like this is something that I need like I need inspiration like like you said like he went to college like so I need someone who has been like on the streets or had a heart knock life or whatever like so I can feel more authentic because I think they do talk about like authenticity or something like that and so and for her she's like I you know I need someone to help me you know come off this addiction or like just help me have purpose to my life or whatever um and someone made a really good point that the whole relationship was just a recreation of her trauma and she just mm. replaced one addiction with another addiction. So the addiction to drugs to the addiction to him, both of them seem to not be good for her. So, right. you know, I think she was not, she was an example of a person who does not make the best choices. I will say that. And same, I mean, same for him. And I think too, it's kind of also for me, an example of like what happened, what could happen if you feel like you need to be with someone because you, owe them Mm -hmm. right like i mean also i'm surprised we're three seasons i'm surprised we are three seasons in and have not done an episode on sex in the city but it reminds me (laughs) of it reminds me of samantha and smith jared right where she Mm -hmm. goes realizes like Mm -hmm. to some extent i stayed with him because he you know was with me through cancer cancer. and all that stuff right? right like she felt um not obliged obligated to him or she felt like she owed him as a thank you right and it's kind of like I don't know you know that wasn't explicitly said but 
I don't know if Maria is staying there because she feels like it's a thank you because honestly, like, <laughs> I he, mean, shit, that's basically what Malcolm said. <laughs> right. I mean, like he has a lot more to gain from her. Right. And he's this like, mm-hmm. he is kind of her, her savior, her, her black knight on a black horse type of thing um, <laughs> yeah. that saved her. Um, but I love that, like that she replaced one addiction for another, which is Malcolm, because it did felt, it did feel like, girl, you could also walk away. I feel like you have a little bit more awareness and you could walk away, but you kept being in it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And when she was saying, um, you know, again, when, when they're both like pointing out each other's flaws and, you know, idiosyncrasies and just annoyances, I'm like, here's, you're, you're here are all the reasons why you don't need to be with him because I even when they were like good which I was like Ooh, maybe I see myself in Maria a little bit but in those moments when they were like good basically any of the moments where they were about to have sex right. um she would still kind of be talking about the issue <laughs> I was like oh I probably do that and that's really just if I don't feel like something's truly resolved then like even when we're not necessarily arguing about it I may try to find a way to bring it up because I just, it's just not resolved and I, I can't right. let it go. And so I just, I think that kept happening, but I, I don't, do you feel like they reached a resolve at the end of the night? Like at the end of the argument? No, I mean, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what really they say before they go to bed or kind of what, I, maybe they just both lose steam, but yeah, I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure she said something along the lines of like, you needed me more or less. Um, And because I remember he like shed a single tear or something like that. I was like, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, So, yes. So, you know, Malcolm and Marie was a fascinating look at a relationship. Um, There was uh, another quote from Dr. Peggy. She was talking about like, at Vogue, she was talking about different lessons from the movie. And she said, mm. well, for one thing, many of us hurt the ones we love the most. And that includes ourselves. And for another thing that complicated, quote unquote, and abusive, quote unquote, are two very different things. Because she was saying, um, a, a lot of articles or people were like, oh, well, this relationship was just complicated. But it's like, was it complicated? Or was it just straight up an abusive relationship? Right. It was abusive. It wasn't, it was toxic. And I don't know, you know, if, if there's a um, continuum between like complicated, toxic and, and uh, abusive, like if that's, if that's the continuum, then I, I kept calling it toxic, but to me, that's pretty synonymous with abuse and abusiveness. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> so what are your lessons or takeaways? Share with the cuties your lessons or takeaways from this movie. Yeah, I will say I maybe because I was just thinking about this really recently, but I felt called out when Marie was talking to Malcolm about like, you know, you feel or she said something to the effect of like, you know, you don't want to talk about exes because you feel like who you are as a partner is enough. And there's Mm, no way that mm -hmm. you can be a better person or a better partner you know, and basically what I heard is like, if we don't talk about our past relationships, how do we, or maybe for me, it was a question of like, could in a relationship, do you ask your partner about past relationships to better understand like what worked, what didn't work for them just to get an understanding more of who they are versus Mm -hmm. kind of like, 
when you don't talk about those things and you kind of confront them as they come up, like, is it better to work through them in the moment or talk about them up front? I don't know if what I'm trying to say makes sense, but that part in particular where, again, just Marie was like, you think you're the shit. You're actually not. You like, <laughs> I want to share with you my past relationships so you can know how to best treat me and what things worked for mm-hmm. me and what didn't. But it didn't seem like she mm-hmm. actually had many relationships because she's like, you're the first one I really ever loved. So I don't know. But but basically her being like, Malcolm, you think you're the shit. You think, you know, because you don't ask about the past and you don't ask more about me that you don't have to be a better partner. I was like, oh, shit, I do. Like, I think she might have said something at one point too, like you you don't even ask or basically what came to mind is like, you know how it worked. You're like, let's check in on this relationship. How's it going? How's the supervisor supervisee relationship going? Like, do I mean, we do that I in relationships? But... Like, should we do that in relationships? Like, hey, evaluate me as a partner. Like, how am I, I doing? I, so that kind of reminds me of the conversation we had with Keisha about like money and finances right. and relationships and like having those check-in conversations. I just think, you know, being, so I think being millennials, being a millennial means doing unlearning. I think like being a good millennial means doing a lot of unlearning because I'm like, it just feels weird to like say or to conceptualize or even to schedule because we've not, that's not been role modeled for us, but what what would absolutely be the harm in having just a regular routine maintenance day or checkup day. And maybe it could be like, we go out on a day and we just, you know, check in. It doesn't have to be formal. I think every time, I feel like every time structure is presented to dating and relationships, people feel like it's this intense formality that they're not going to like enjoy. That's a good point. And you know what I mean? And it's like, no, it's just, this it's is just, just like how a check we can in. create our relationship yeah. and it doesn't have to be formal and it because people just go to one extreme or the other it can just be doing this work, maintenance work so that way we mm-hmm. do not become Malcolm and Marie because that I think is the ultimate goal to not become them I might have talked to you about my friend Karina but we might need to bring her on the pod because she introduced me to a concept that she maybe it's not even a concept but like she likes playing games with her partner, like these getting to know you drinking games. Um, And I think I might've talked to you about like, oh my gosh, we should do it to just like play like some fun things. But she says she loves it because like, she just gets to learn about her partner. So she might be a good person to get insight on like, how do you even start? Like, do you, to formal, to deformalize the process, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. do you do a game? I know you, I think you kind of make it I into do. a game too like a little yes. like like baskets paper things right and you yes. just like pick something like but you make it fun right it's not like a form I to do. fill out like it's not an evaluation <laughs> but even but though I think, apparently people are doing that too and i support it right but again and maybe we're talking you know what we are talking about is check-ins people see like as evaluation but mm. like with any check-in and even with mm. evaluations it should be about growth right like it mm-hmm. should be about mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, really, for me, at the end of the day, Malcolm and Marie helped me. And sorry if I'm getting to the end piece. Um, but no. at the end, I think Malcolm and the movie for me made me be like, ooh, I, the Louise who's in a relationship now, I don't want it to be the same Louise who's in a relationship a year later, right? Or a uh, year from now. Like, mm-hmm. I do want to grow, mm-hmm. right? Like, if my relationship looks the same or feels the same in a year, is that good? Mm-hmm. Is that bad? I don't know. Dr. Kate, help me out. But <laughs> I, I, I at least want to be able to continue to learn about my partner and have those conversations Definitely. because you hit the nail on the head. We haven't had that role modeling. Like 
when I really think about it, and this is like veering off from the topic, but when I really think about it, like my, what I perceive my parents' relationship to be is healthy because mm-hmm. there's lack of disagreements mm. and they work well. But I don't know if they really check in with one another, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, I, it, it's weird, but I'm like, what does, a, I don't have an example of a relationship mm-hmm. that you are so emotionally vulnerable with one another, right? That Mm -hmm. you really check in. You say, here is everything about me, which is tough Mm -hmm. because now I'm trying to figure out how to do that. So if anyone has any (laughs) tips, please help me out. But um, yeah, so anyway, that was a tangent. No, but it's it's a good tangent because like I said, like it's just, it's not been role modeled. And so that vulnerability becomes the key piece because you really have to be vulnerable and step outside of your, comfort zone and do other things that Brene Brown said (laughs) in order to kind of reach these pinnacles of relationships because it's like for so you you said something that you think of an example because thinking about like workplace evaluations and things like that and I'll never forget um we were doing evaluations with um our student employees a couple years ago like me and um one of my colleagues or something like that and I remember that one of the student like upon evaluation or whatever was like am I going to get fired? Um, Mm -hmm. That was her fear going into the evaluation or maybe after receiving some feedback. And we were like, no, like we would never just like fire you at the evaluation because this is where we are here to tell you to get your shit together or your ass might be fired later, but you're not going to get fired now. And I, and so I, I share that because this just kind of made me think, oh, I wonder if that's also why people um are so opposed to like evaluations yeah. and check-ins because they feel like oh shit like this is will this only be gonna what end breaks up us that. up right will this right. be what breaks us up like I just want to stay together but then yeah so I just I wonder about that because then but then it's like you know if you if that if you are living in fear of losing this relationship there probably are things that need to be discussed I'm no listen Chatrice don't call me out like that this is why I'm trying to get to a therapist yeah office sooner rather than later because yes like vulnerability and the and the hesitation for vulnerability I think is rooted in a fear right the fear Mm -hmm. of loss the the like yeah anyway that's a whole other episode we we uh could get into note for the future but yeah anyway I think you know the lessons here were for me were wondering if I'm if I, so I think I have an addictive personality. Like if I like something, I'm really into it. And that goes for humans too. And so I'm like, Ooh, I wonder, am I like predisposed to codependency? <laughs> like mm. I've not had like any long-term relationships. Like I've had like, you know, several short-term relationships. Um, and so I haven't been able to get to the point with someone where I'm like, Ooh, like I want you like here all the time. Um, and so I do, it just made me wonder like, Hmm, cause I'm like, I would want you around all the time, but this is coming from a person who is like single and has mostly been, you know, single over the past couple of years. And so I'm like, I think I would just be excited, but at some point I think that does become unhealthy. And I, I think you, like you said, it's all about the check-ins because then maybe you can kind of start to pinpoint where that becomes a little bit too much. Um, and so, yeah, I think the movie overall was, uh, interesting if you haven't seen it I mean we basically just gave you a rundown a rundown of the entire movie but still go check it out and support black actors and that you know was one of the reasons why I wanted us to talk about it too because I was like you know what this is like you know a relationship about two people of color and they are going through it and I, I guess maybe we've not seen a relationship depicted in that way 
Um, and so, yeah, go check it out. Let us know what you think about it. Um, and in the meantime, be sure to keep it cute and court with confidence. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, y'all, to another episode of Courting in Color. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Court in Color. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-C-O-L-O-R. Or email us at courtincolor at gmail.com. Head on over to our website at courtingincolor.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us. Court dismissed. Bye. Work. Vogue. Work for me. Vogue.